And now, live from the new house in Burbank, California, it's Thursday on the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes a guest. She's a comedian known to dogs as Our Lady of Cudalupe. It's Renee Colvert. And he's a writer, my college roommate, and the only person blessed enough to be thrown out of a bar with me, and even more blessed to not remember why, it's Dan DeWeese. Chef Jeff is here to make a gingerbread man and then watch the game, go camping, and wind up sharing his most intimate feelings with his new, surprisingly sensitive and handsome gingerbread friend. I'm her husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love bus, say hello to your best friend, Allison Rose. Hello, my little Rosemary Focaccias. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting Thursday show. That carbohydrate was sent in by Jason Steinhoff on Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com. Patreon. Patreon.com. Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go to submit carbs, to get bonus episodes, to watch live streams. We did a live stream from Hawaii where we were last week, and it was tropical. There were shells in the background. They were part of the wall decor at the Hyatt. But still, you really it really let you know we're in Hawaii. And then Elliot got involved too. And that made it more complicated, <laughs> but also probably cuter. Um, I would like to say hello to my guests. And then, because I remembered, we're going to give them our social media handles or what have you so they can tweet or contact us while they listen. Hello, Renee Colvert, and welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm a little disappointed to hear the shells were already there. I wanted you to dig them into the wall just because oh. you needed it to be, listen, ambiance is ambiance. I yeah. got to create it. Yeah. I flew in a set decorator. <laughs> and then once they got there, they're like, you already have... It was already three shells here. and some kind of wicker something or other. So I was wearing I'm the out. ambiance, though. We didn't Uh-oh. need the shells on the wall. I got to watch this live I exuded stream. exuded island flavor. Daniel named himself Island Dan <laughs> while we were there. Okay. He, did anybody else participate in this I, nickname? I didn't name myself I so did much as... on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we took a picture of Island Dan at work, which is him asleep with the laptop sitting on his lap. Great. Um, he... From the pool, I frolicked in the from pool. The, it was the lagoon. Actually, <laughs> the he said, lagoon. "Did you get any shots of Island Dan?" So I took a picture of that and <laughs> captioned it. Did you get any shots of Island Dan dash Island Dan? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Now, was that the pinnacle moment that he named him that, or was there something specific that you're like, "Uh oh, I've got a new persona." Were we hearing some Island Dan? Yes, well, <laughs> da- some Island Dan music. <laughs> Is this ah. speak to your soul, Island Dan, on the mainland? Yeah. Mainland Dan? It's like an echo. Island Dan isn't here right now. But. Is this your inner monologue? Or is this in- Island Dan's inner monologue? It, it was rolling through my head the entire, the entire week. It was nice. Kind of walk the little, uh, bounce. Yeah. Do a little haka in the middle of the stretch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like there was a question someone had. No, that Island Dan had been Island Dan for like a day by the time he asked okay. if I had any shots of Island Dan. Okay. I forget. When, when did you declare yourself Island Dan? Honey, I didn't declare myself Island Dan. 
I was Island Dan. I was letting you know it. There should when be an Island you- Dan rum, and then you could say, do you have any shots of Island Dan? You say, right here on my phone, and you go, no, not that kind of shots <laughs> of Island Dan. You should come out with your own rum, Dan. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Funny you say that. <laughs> because I was fantasizing about making my own rum. Were you? Yes. And it was really going to be rum, not some other kind of alcohol? Rum, I've decided rum is my favorite liquor. Are you going to pronounce it with an I mean, are you going to spell it with an H? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to spell Raham. it without an H, but you pronounce it with an H. Okay. okay. I would like to say um. hello and welcome <laughs> Dan DeWeese, first timer, who you've known forever, to the show. Thank you very much. Dan to be here. DeWeese, welcome to the show. I had the pleasure of watching um, you read from your book, Gilgood, at Book Soup last night and answer some questions, which island dan but he was just mainland daniel yeah uh was it really a pleasure i mean it was a pleasure pretty quiet room i went for some laughs and it was silent there were laughs oh were there okay there were some laughs yeah it's a small room there were bookstore laughs though oh bookstore laughs are like that's what silence (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly the woman who how how would i do who i think set up the whole thing was so nice yes she was so nice but she introduced you first and she was like, Okay, everybody. Yeah. I'd like to welcome you to a reading by Dan DeWeese. <laughs> oh, he boy. speaks he teaches at Portland University. This is the second book. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. She, I don't know yeah. if the listeners could hear that. I, if you couldn't, that was my experience as well. She was the most soft spoken human being she was very soft-spoken. I've ever barely heard. She was very sweet. It's very nice. nice. Uh yeah. But guys, for a literary event, I thought that was, I was like, cool it down. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> was it All too right, much? You're a little over the top. Real rowdy. Yeah. 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 Riled him up before you yeah, got up I there. I was like, hey, this Thanks is a literary event. Let's calm down. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was very fun. Um, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you, you imagine go. Ray at a literary event? Maybe Jesus it would. Christ. Hi, Daniel. Welcome. Hi. Uh, yeah, imagining Ray there would be a disaster. <laughs> like, Come on, be up there strangling you. <laughs> Jeff, hello. Hi, Allison. So, were you super relaxed on your uh, island vacation? I was psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I was. No, you weren't actually. I was psycho. I was fairly relaxed. You were for me. I feel like. Um, <laughs> Hmm. This might be the first time we went on a vacation where it went as someone, planned. Someone or something didn't die. Yeah, like it was far. a vacation that met expectations. No one died. Uh, no one got sick. Um, Those have been the main things that have that's happened it. to <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, we had a good relaxing mm. time. I was going to ask about that death window. I want to oh, know, yeah. are we in the clear? Because how no. soon does it happen? Oh, no. no, you're not. Still let, oh. me, okay. let me explain okay. to Dan Oh, no, I, I heard about it. You did? Okay. Yes. So you know the Hawaii curse. Well, I, I, I know it. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be on the show. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, my should. God, it's me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, when does the it fact end? Yeah, what kind of window that thought on? means yeah. it's probably not you because it's never who you expect. Oh, okay. Um, and I definitely expect... That you will be the one. So, <laughs> so you're, you're, in the clear. Yeah. you're in the clear. I haven't expected that it'll be you, Daniel. Ooh. Oh, well, go ahead and expect that real quick. What? Now I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're putting the finger of fate, pointing it in my direction. Hey, I don't control fate. I am um, buffeted about by the winds of fate, just like everyone else. <laughs> well, I like that. 
Thank That's you. Very good right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of her book of poetry. Buffeted about buffeted by the about. winds of fate. <laughs> just yeah. like, like everyone, everyone else. else. In the office, they just call it buffeted. Yeah. Buffeted's <laughs> doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number one on the poetry chart. Here's the thing. The catastrophe generally happens a few days after we get back. So we got back Thursday night. We're recording this Saturday. Oh. I feel like by Monday, we're good. We're clear. Okay. Although, who knows if it's going to... No, See, I, feel I feel like, like we're good. I feel like if something happened Tuesday, you'd graft it onto the Hawaii curse. I would. Yeah. So There's, It's going to project <laughs> forward and back for a while. But I just feel like... I feel good. I don't feel worried about it, which maybe means... Maybe that's yeah. concerning. But so far, I feel like everyone has been breathing. Like Dave Huntsberger was like, I'm not dead yet. Great. So we're all good. I think George H.W. Bush died. Uh Is that it? (laughs) I didn't include him in the circle, but maybe I should. Mm. Well, I feel feel bad Or maybe it's done. We got our answer. The person, yeah. And now now the rest of us are in the clear. Yeah, we might be. Um, Tweet at me, (laughs) at Allison Rosen. And follow me on Instagram at Allison Rosen. Renee, and just check in to let you know. Let that me know that you're okay. alive. Are you yeah. alive? The, the curse didn't strike you. <laughs> Every single listener, let me know you're out there. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Renee S. Culvert. Tweet at me there. Great. <laughs> Tweet at you on Instagram. <laughs> Tweet at me on Instagram. Are you on social media, Dan Deweese? In a vague way, um, <laughs> at Propeller Mag. Okay, the yes, magazine I run. You yeah. self-publish a magazine in yeah. Portland, yeah, which it's is a website, super. Really. It's yeah. a website. Yeah. It's really slick, great writing. Definitely check it out. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend. It check you. You can read it and then tell me how right I was. <laughs> but but people that think you are wrong, you they shut cannot, the fuck they up. Can't, yeah, yeah. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, are, is Propeller Magazine on Twitter or just at Twitter? Pro- oh, great. Propeller Propeller Magazine or Mag? Propeller Mag. Mag. Perfect. That leaves extra characters for important. <laughs> words <laughs> don't you wish that you had grabbed a shorter handle than allison rosen yeah in the early days of twitter i guess i see people i've those... really never wished that but like what would be ideal for you if you could have any handle in uh, the world oh dq would be awesome Obviously. but there's you know thanks dairy a lot queen dairy queen fuckers so where do we find <laughs> i you? offered to buy it from them but they what for what pay? how like, much i offer had a hundred bucks okay yeah. <laughs> uh what was your question where do we find you um, at Daniel Quants on Twitter and Instagram. D Quants on the snappy. Oh, God. Balls out. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram now at Colonel Jeff what? Fox. And I've kind of given up on Twitter because that's where crazy people, including the president, live. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying Instagram a little bit because I'm curating who I'm following. So it's a lot less annoying and depressing. But I'm currently going to try to upload every weird picture that I have on my phone over the next year. Onto You've my been Instagram doing a good account. job so Thank far. You. you know, I, there have, are a lot I have to remember I ha- to follow you. I had that thought this morning. Thank you. I am Daniel. not that I have become sort of lax about posting when new episodes come out, especially now that I'm I. So I have my other podcast, Childish, which I would like everyone to listen to um, childishpod.com or where wherever you listen to podcasts. Now that I have both, it's like I'm not that I'm very lazy about posting about it on on Twitter and Instagram. And I've like completely stopped doing Facebook, even though find me there at the Allison Rosen. Um, but I was thinking today, because I recorded a childish episode with Greg this morning and then raced back here, and that is why I seem harried. Um, but I was thinking, 
But when I do post, I do it on Twitter. But I, because I have a bunch more followers on Twitter than Instagram, but right. I feel like there's more engagement yeah. on Instagram. Maybe I should be putting my efforts into Instagram because Instagram seems to be like a more engaged, thoughtful audience. Yeah. And I, it used to be that Facebook was more engaged as well than Twitter, but I don't know if that's still true. I think Facebook's pretty engaged. I don't, I don't really care for social media too much. And I wouldn't consider myself an expert at it, but I would say what I've discovered about Instagram versus Twitter is with Twitter, you follow people and you say, okay, well, these are, I want to hear what these hundred people have to say, or I find them interesting or whatever. But then you also wind up seeing what they commented on, what they liked, and they could retweets. Yeah. And they put all kinds of crazy things in front of you that you don't care to really see. But Instagram, it just kind of shows you pictures of the people that you're following. And And it's harder to repost on Instagram. So you don't get as much of like that secondary level. That being said, retweet and repost anything I write about the episodes, you guys, please. (laughs) Yeah. Save it it for that. You should should using it too much and you should just reserve it Keep your powder dry for when That's Alice right. is do to one of those fancy show. Yeah, do one of those fancy things with the little audio uh, animation and with a clip of the show. Mm. I've, liter- I've literally done that once. And people loved it? <laughs> I'm sure they did, but it's just like, that's a lot of work. That's why you need to get like a college intern or something. I was going to say, we got to get you an intern yeah. or an assistant. It's I know, time. I know. It's, it is time. You know, Elliot likes your phone. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> yeah. he loves the phone. You put him to work. He's hired. Yeah, we need to get someone to do um, some of the legwork. Speaking of legwork, holiday season means company parties and time with the family. So why shouldn't you look stylish and feel comfortable at the same time? Are you ready to try on the most comfortable flat you've ever worn that you can wear all day, every day for any occasion? You're never going to want to take them off. I'm talking about Rothy's. These are shoes that are made from recycled plastic water bottles. However, they're insanely comfortable and stylish. I'm going to drop two names right now. Uh-oh. Number one. Meghan Markle. Uh-oh. Kathleen the dog walker. <laughs> Meghan Markle slipped on her Rothies on a recent Australian tour with Prince Harry, <laughs> and they have been flying off the shelves ever since. <laughs> That's a good joke, and, Allison. It was funny. <laughs> good <laughs> job. <you>. But also, <laughs> Kathleen, our dog walker, not to be confused with Stacy, our other dog walker, who is Renee's friend, who is wonderful. She's great. But Kathleen um, walks Wendy, and she watched her while we were gone. I saw her in the hall one day when she was picking up Wendy, I make it sound like I just run into people in my house. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. I saw her in the West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in the hall where it was seared in my memory. Yeah. I said, oh, are those Rothy's? And she said, they are. They're the only flats that I can wear for extended periods of time and they don't give me blisters. And then I shared stories of my Rothy's. And we had a full Rothy's bonding sesh. Yeah. The shoe of dog walkers. That's, you can't get more can't, endorsement than that. You cannot. And Meghan Markle. Royalty eh, sure. and dog walkers. It'll blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. It does blow my mind because... When I that to me that makes me think of like something that's made from tires where you're like yeah it looks like a notebook with or, tire tread or on the, it the, they'll crunch like, but <coughs> none of that they're totally yeah. soft thank you <laughs> yeah that was a water bottle crunchy but no a you would fully artist in here mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you would be shocked because it feels like cotton like it feels like a fabric. Um, they're the softest shoe you'll put on your feet, and you can feel good about wearing them. And they're machine washable, because let's face it, feet sweat. They come in a flat, 
so these are the names of the styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the sneaker for women and girls. I love my Rothy's and I know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for my listeners. Use code Allison to get free shipping with no minimum. Free shipping and free returns exchanges on your Rothy's shoes. Trust me, you won't want to return them. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter Allison to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. No brainer. Shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable, and free shipping, and Markle and Kathleen approved, <laughs> and Rosen approved. Get yourself a pair today. Rothys.com, promo Allison. Rothys.com, use the promo code Allison. Get this deal while it lasts. Okay, we need to talk about how Thanksgiving was, but while Dan, the college roommate, is here, we got to dig into that. Yeah. Before that, um, you talking about running into people in the middle of the night. Reminded I w- me. I wasn't talking about that, but it's similar <laughs> to when I talked about that. That's what you were talking about in my head. Okay. Um, reminded me of when we were in uh, the hotel no. in the middle of the night, and I was in the bathroom, <laughs> and I'm. It was one of those uh, bathrooms where the the toilet's in its own room, right. you know. So I'm in there, and I see the <laughs> doorknob turn. So I'm like, well, hopefully it's a ghost, <laughs> but probably not. And she opens the door, and it was like. Bella Lugosi <laughs> seeing daylight. Bella Lugosi, weren't we? Weren't yeah? I was trying to remember. Yeah, was, you were trying to remember that name. So okay, it was like the one hand went, <laughs> <laughs> and the hand went up like she had, like just sprouted a cape. <laughs> it was. I, I thought that was very amusing. Do you remember what you said though? I opened the door and you went, yes. <laughs> and I... Maintaining his dignity. I shrieked and peed myself a little bit. I was so... Like it never in a million years occurred to me that maybe I would open the door and see you in there. I do, because it was four in the morning. I was... I think you waking up to go to the bathroom is what woke me up. Mm. So then and in the second I wake up because I'm pregnant, I like, oh, I got to pee. Um, but I also think in all the years we've been together, this never, might be the only time you've ever peed in the middle of the night. I never get up in the middle of the night. So, yeah. So it was shocking. It was hilarious to me. <laughs> anyway, I thought I would just <laughs> share that with your fans. Do you think if you pitch this to the Bella Lugosi uh, empire that they would be like, yeah, that's a remake we're looking for? Uh, definitely. In the bathroom. The Lugosi clan. Yeah. Be- Bella always wanted to play pregnant. Thank you. <laughs> Something he always said. <laughs> Have uh, Bella. They'll they'll do a digital CGI of Bella playing you, honey, in my life story. You could pull that off. But what precipitated this weird need to pee at four in the morning? I mean, probably some drinks. Island Dan. Island Dan's different. Island Dan, (laughs) yeah. yeah, Island Dan has to go to the bathroom all the time. Time isn't as important to Island Dan. And Island Dan was on on mainland Dan's time. So it was 6 a.m. when he also wouldn't be up. To Island Dan, he measures time in Mai Tais. Okay. Not in hours on the clock. So what time was it? It was four Mai Tais. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of... uh, when I say what I'm going to say, you're going to say we weren't speaking of that. But in my head, we were. So we're sitting at lunch. I'm wearing flip-flops because it's Island Allison. Right. And all of a sudden, I feel my shoe move. And I think, did a bird just steal my shoe? Which makes no <laughs> sense, but it was the only thing that made sense to me. And I look down, right. 
and my flip-flop has broken. These, the flip-flop straps have become undone from the sole. Uh. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have to hop to the gift shop and, and buy some overpriced shoes. Uh, and then maybe 15 minutes later, the next one, it happens to the next one. And it yeah. was so weird that I figured my shoes are like, we give up, large <laughs> like pregnant at the lady. Same time. Like, your pregnant <laughs> torque is too much. Yeah. It, Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> it was the the flip flop equivalent of a blackjack dealer leaving yeah. the table. Just <laughs> exactly, I'm out. We're, done. we're done. Thanks. It was very weird that it happened when I wasn't moving. It yeah. just happened when I was sitting. But um, I'm like, I feel like I'm trapped in a Jimmy Buffett song. So then I had to look <laughs> up, and I'm not a Jimmy Buffett fan. No offense to my parrot head listeners. I looked up the lyrics to Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. And that's a very depressing song. Are it's you not, guys familiar with the lyrics? Not great, but recap it for us uh wasting away and margarita well i don't know these specific- i probably could come up with the specific lyrics but but basically it's about alcoholism mm-hmm. and it's about like turning to alcohol uh when every with every problem and i think that i thought because isn't there a restaurant called margaritaville there yeah is. they've mm-hmm. turned margaritaville into like a place that island dan would hang out like a tropical paradise yeah. i think yeah. it's a whole brand i think there are lines yeah. of clothing etc but right. yeah it's not a happy song no I mean. so i thought it was just like hanging out in paradise or something but when you read the lyrics that is not at all what it's about it's right. about someone who is turning to booze and some people say it's a woman to blame but i know <laughs> it's my own damn fault like it's really sad <laughs> But I want, yeah. for as sad as that is, I want other terrible, sad songs to turn into chain restaurants. Yes. Like Tears in Heaven. Right. You get an extra <laughs> app. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the first line of that song, I had no idea. The first line of that song is nibbling on a sponge cake. There you go. Mm-hmm. Which is what how you eat a sponge cake. Yeah. Watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't read this whole thing. I can. Sure you can. Island Dan. No, Allison. Island Allison. <laughs> strumming my six string on the front porch swing smell those shrimp they're beginning to boil wasted away oh see and i thought it was wasting away which oh, yeah. for some reason is more hopeful yeah wasted away <laughs> again in margaritaville circling searching for my lost shaker of salt some people claim that there's a woman to blame but i know it's nobody's fault that the Don't- that the salt is missing mm-hmm. there's Don't- also an arc to this song he yes. has uh, yeah he develops right and whose fault and is. he's not wasting away it's he's already done he's right. wasted. Past. Yeah. there yeah. are no options there's no upside to this i i'm skipping ahead i blew out my flip-flop that's the line ah, there we that are. spoke oh. to me <laughs> stepped on a pop top cut my heel had to cruise on back home but there's booze in the blender and soon it will render that frozen concoction that helps me hang on um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm relating hard to this <laughs> this uh, this song this sad guy this may not have been considered depressing when the song was written in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. <laughs> this was an uplifting soda jingle. He's, he's dealing. <laughs> right, right. To get right. Kudos to you, pal. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into some Dan Daniel talk. Yeah. I do, I, I do have a leftover question that I did not ask it during the Q&A portion last night, because I'm like, I'm going to save that one for the podcast. Ooh. But first... Dan Deweese has pulled out a notepad. Uh-oh. Oh no, that was just—it was just a pen in my pocket. Oh, okay, <laughs> no. got it. 
Oh, no, notes? no, I like to write down every question that's asked. I mean, is that not standard? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's going to fax it off to his lawyer before yes. answering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I take a quick picture and then I text it. <laughs> to, yeah. um, actually, I am going to ask that question. But then I do. I would like to hear the circumstances of you guys being roommates and where that was and stuff because I don't know any of this. But here's my question that I didn't ask last night. So um, you both went to USC film school and a lot of the people in the audience also went to USC film school. And that was fun for me to get to meet them. Cause I had heard some stories about different people. Um, and so I'd like to put names to faces, but anyway, Balls I could out. tell, <laughs> I could tell that a lot of the stuff that I've heard from Daniel over the years about the impact that film school has had on him. Oh, that's like shared among all of you. Um, this is actually not quite going to my question. This is beside my question. Here's my question. Uh, Dan DeWeese, you talked about the inspiration. You, you started telling a specific story, and then it was when the main character was a child, and then you 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 revamped it and took that character like into the future, and yeah. that became the novel that you were talking about last night. Yeah. And you didn't include any of the childhood stuff there because you have this voice, and this is this is what you were saying. You have this voice in your head, which is don't don't tell backstory. Right. And that's something that you learned from film school. Right. Um, like it's good that you know that for the character, but, but don't include the backstory. And it made me start thinking about, I think that you guys probably all walk around with these rules in your head about how to tell a story. And I think anyone who has studied fine art, a, a, a very studied an art probably, and Jeff, you went to film school as well. Um, C- correct probably has these sort of formal structure rules about do this and don't do that. And I know just from being with Daniel, like I know that some of that is a lot of that is, is very much in your head. And I'm wondering, do you feel that that is a burden or do you feel that that's something that's helped you? I'll let Dan answer. What do you think, Dan? I don't think it's a burden at all. I mean, for me personally, I mean, when my kids don't answer my questions directly, there's often a a moment where I'm like, I don't need the backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Where are you going after school today? <laughs> well, um, you know, at school today, uh, someone said, no, 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 uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> don't do backstory. Uh, so having that kind of, those kind of rules in your head, maybe it might, at times might make you frustrated with things other people are not frustrated with. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal problem. I mean, <laughs> but I don't, I think I'm happy to know things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, the analogy I would use is like, if you were in fine, if you went to, fine art school so you were learning painting or something like that you would learn uh the basics of construction and 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 how to you know um how to draw a a figure for example and there's certain rules you would learn but that doesn't mean that you have to follow those rules when you get better and you know start to find your own voice as an artist but they're in your head because you know just what works in the visual language, right? Mm. You, you understand like how line, uh, you know, pattern or texture, how that can influence uh, the the overall composition, all that sort of thing. Um, and so it, it when you break the rules or when you're do, you you kind of know what you're doing. And so with storytelling, it's sort of the same thing where there's uh, you. In film school, anyway, in our film school, I don't know if this is the case in all of them, you do learn a lot of these kind of basic, what you might call rules, but it, does, they don't, it doesn't mean you have to follow those rules, but it helps you understand uh, like 
how to tell a story efficiently, what drama is. And that applies to a lot of stuff. So I don't, um, I don't know if I'm, yeah, I'm but falling I think asleep it's, it's... <laughs> listening to myself <laughs> talk about it. Oh my God, now you know how I feel. i think that it's good to have that formal education i just wonder sometimes if it ever is a hindrance if i wish i could think of a specific example because there was something that like a professor had told you and i and it was like reverberating in your head still was it that all first drafts are crap so there's or don't turn in a crappy first draft or something uh, yeah okay so (laughs) If you're just talking about like the basic rules of storytelling or what works or what's good, like that sort of thing is what I was talking about. But you'll get professors. Um, Dan had the same professor who um, in our 310 class who was like, there's no such thing as a first draft. And that fucked me up what does that for even, so yeah, what does that long. Mean? It meant when you're writing the first version of something, it better be good enough to shoot. What? No, no great filmmaker has ever operated that way. No writer, no, no decent writer, even right. No, like that. It, I don't understand that, that. Yeah, that's awful. He you won't awful. get a first draft written with that attitude. He was exactly, exactly. So you end up <laughs> no. So you're like, well, anybody who has written um, seriously knows that the first draft of anything is going to suck. It yeah. just you know you just got to get it on paper, then you can go back and make it better. If the expectation is that that has to be as good as the final product, it, you'll labor over one sentence for the rest of your life. I mean, it's just... It's, it's impossible. It's impossible, yeah. and It's and not also, how writing works. And also, all. you should never be in the position as a creator of simultaneously creating your work and judging it at the same time. And, the, and teachers should know that, right? I mean, a teacher was should awful. know not yeah. to he say was, that. So I don't know if you knew this story, Dan, but, but when I came in, so we would... This was in a class where we would make two movies in the year. Uh, you had a partner, and uh, you would direct, you'd write and direct one, and your partner would produce and edit, and then you'd switch roles for yeah. the next project. Yeah. So for mine, I'd shot the film, um, and at every stage of the editing process, you would have a sit down with the professor, and he would give you critique. And so this was like final edit. Couldn't no more time to change anything. It was just like, here you go. We're on the flatbed. Here's the film. And he looked at it and I, I was already like, you know, very insecure about it. And I was like, okay, I, I already know what's wrong with it. Um, you know, it's this thing and that thing and this thing. And he goes, <laughs> what you're talking about is the flu. You've got cancer. What? <laughs> what? Like, motherfucker like i don't have any that's time so, to that's change so anything. constructive yeah yeah and it was like fuck wait but what's then, this what did this guy try for and not succeed at what is he so what bitter about think? what happened in this his guy life? has wasted away in martyrdom. yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was exactly like, i was like i just made the shittiest film in the history of film school oh my god i have cancer <laughs> and then we go into the screening and it was well received like people liked it it was yeah, funny it was yeah. it wasn't like heavy it, you know it wasn't like an important film but it was funny but this guy, yeah, this fucking. Did you uh, have what did you think of this professor, Dan? Um, 
probably something similar, but uh, I have a tendency to like just take two steps back and be like, oh, if you're going to be like that, I just won't talk for the rest of the quarter. Like not yeah. in like a not in a, a wounded way, but like in a um, I'm not going to make myself vulnerable here anymore, right. and I'll make uh, I'll make real safe decisions, and then um, uh, my life will be over. But um, <laughs> but you know what? Something many, many years later, after film school, that someone said um, when I was when I was learning how to teach because I teach. And I suspect a lot of our professors were never taught how to teach. Right. They just came in and were like, I think this is a witty line. I think you're right. Hey, you think you've got the flu, but you know, yeah, I think that's <laughs> a tough thing to say. You could say that in a We class. need to beat them up yeah. <laughs> to get them ready for this industry. So ridiculous. Uh, but I, when, when working with uh, creative people, one thing that I was taught that a teacher could say that's actually really useful is, yeah, what, well, what do you think you'll do next? And that allows that would allow someone like you to say, well, I think I want to adjust it this way and this way, and I think I want to switch this and this. And then the teacher's allowed to say, uh, I think that's a great plan, or the teacher's allowed to say, uh, three of those things are smart. The fourth one, I think there's an issue. But, right. but there's no need for the teacher to make a pronouncement. The teacher's <laughs> there to say, how are you seeing it? What yeah. do you think you'll do next? And then as a consultant to say, well, I've done this kind of thing before. Two of your solutions I think will work. There's this, that third thing you said, um, I tried that once and it doesn't work. And then it's a conversation and then you're done. Right. But I suspect that the teachers that we had were not ever reflective about their teaching practices. I think you're right. They weren't, uh, <laughs> they, they weren't all great teachers, unfortunately. But to speak to this new way, I don't even, I haven't turned in a project and I feel encouraged. Like it's going to be a <laughs> I success. I motivated. Like I, I'm going to be okay. If That's you haven't great. turned in a project yet, then I can still say, so what are you, what are you going to do next? <laughs> oh, you're going to turn uh, that in pretty soon or effective. because I think that'll be, I think that'll be smart. It'll be great. <laughs> You know what you should do next? Buy a gift for someone because the holiday season is coming up, but you don't know what to get your significant other, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad, parent, son, daughter, friend, coworker, etc. and you want to get them something they'll love. I'm going to tell you what you should get them. Get them something beautiful from Canvas people. Anyone, anyone can take a photo and put it in a frame, but only you. Me? You, <laughs> only you and the <laughs> listeners of this show can take that photo and turn it and get it printed into a beautiful canvas. It takes a memory and turns it into a piece of art. Don't you want to be that person, not that other person that I described? Yeah. The one who's anyone? You want to be the one that's just you? Yeah, heck yeah. We have a few of these and they are pieces of art. We have two of our dogs and we have two from our wedding. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. We got to put our stuff up. I know. We don't have anything on the wall right now. We have works of art ready to go on the wall. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're beautiful and they're special and they make you feel like, look at this. I'm like a true adult with stuff to put on my walls that's more special than just a framed photo because these are canvases. With canvas people, you get your favorite memories printed to cherish and beautiful prints that look great on any wall now as a special very limited holiday offer canvaspeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free that's right free these normally sell for 69.99 but for this week only you'll pay nothing just cover shipping and handling to get your free canvas text allison to 79 79 79 you just pay shipping and handling this offer won't last text allison to 797979 that's allison to 797979 Message and data rates may apply. Jeff, you went to AFI Film School. I did. Um, any thoughts on the stuff we're talking about? Did you like your program? 
Yeah, I liked the program. The teachers were largely, they weren't teachers. They were, this is what I liked about the program was that they weren't teachers. They were working professionals that mm. were between jobs, uh, you know, film jobs and would come in and teach for a semester and then split. So they were real, you didn't run into, in college I ran into a lot of people like Daniel's talking about where they they were people that were, my take would be that they were sort of failures at whatever industry that they wanted to do and then became teachers quickly and didn't really have any experience, but also didn't have great training at teaching you and being encouraging. So they were kind of middling, but AFI, the teachers were all like people you've heard of and people that made movies that you've seen recently. So it was really good. And I was just thinking about one takeaway that I think about all the time that I learned there. I was in the producing program and I, I literally was thinking about this yesterday. One teacher said to us, uh, one of my producing teachers said, there's good, there's fast, and there's cheap. You may only have two. Mm. And it's just brilliant. <laughs> I use that all the time. And it just, when people want things and that aren't practical and you can kind of draw that on, out on a piece of paper and get right. get through to them. Smart. Right. I remember our realtor made, did a similar triangle, but I don't recall what the things were. So I'm glad <laughs> I brought it up. There's North ghost, Hollywood, ghost. there's Burbank, <laughs> there's Toluca Lake. You can't uh, have, you can have two of them. That's right. <laughs> you can't have all three. What could it have been? It was like condition of the house, price, and location. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that sounds hmm. about Something right. That, that feels right. Right. Um, okay. So you guys were roommates when, where, draw me a picture. <laughs> We've um, heard about Dan's napping. <laughs> His brilliant naps. I, I let them know about your the nap the, the way of sleeping that you invented. Yeah, and I didn't know that you knew about that. <laughs> Did you know that you had invented it though? I, I have privately believed I invented it. I wasn't aware that I had been watched. <laughs> so um, I don't recall. I think sometimes I would just go in and watch you peacefully napping. <laughs> That's creepy. And so now I'm I'm understanding my own life very differently. <laughs> um. No, I do not recall why I saw you napping, but um, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I had been a stomach sleeper until a certain point in my uh, teenhood, and then it started to hurt my shoulders because I would have my arms up, both of them up, yeah, like but under the Dan, pillow, yeah, kind of like under the pillow, okay. Right? But what Dan invented was the one arm down, Uh-oh. right. And I did that. I was like, "Fucking genius! I'm living with a genius." <laughs> now, what does does that take? Some it takes shoulder the strain, strain off, off of the off shoulder. So, like, if you're turned right, let's say you're turned to the left, okay, your right shoulder is getting a lot of the weight. So, if you have your arm up, it's gonna like tweak your shoulder. Put that shoulder down. Put the mm. arm down to the side. Boom. No Happy stress. shoulders. No shoulder stress. Now, do you sleep like that? No, no, I don't. I see <laughs> what? <sighs> we have to start over. You know, it's like I'm trying to invent my own sleeping style. Dan, do you sleep this way every night? Still? <laughs> well, Has this unfortunately, persisted? Unfortunately, I've lost the person who witnesses how I sleep, so I'm not sure. Oh. But, um, I'll give you a camera. You <laughs> can check in. Uh, I suspect I do. I, I'm going to admit that this was not a topic that I ever expected uh, to be discussing. I was surprised when it came up at a, a reading at the bookstore last night. <laughs> I'm surprised again. I think surprised in a good way. Um, you know, it's a pleasant need, surprise. I'm singing fresh. your praises, Dan. Yeah, yes. But I think that I'm not sure the audience uh, 
considers this to be you singing my praises so much as like <laughs> we're getting to a, a kind of Jennifer Jason Lee moment where it's like, a weird invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Wait, I don't know. The audience or you? <laughs> the audience uh, well, thinks of it that way or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's the difference? Uh, were you guys the same year in school? Yes. Yep. We're in the same class. Did you meet right away? No, we wouldn't have met until junior year because I don't think we had classes together. Yeah, so right, right, right. So film school didn't really officially start till junior year. I'm trying to think. Did we have? Did we have two ninety together? I don't. I don't remember how we met. Probably that's probably it. I feel like we did. Yeah. Yeah. What's two ninety? Let us in. Two ninety is like the very first. You make some real short films. Yeah. Yeah. With um, back then, it would be Super Eight. Super Eight film. Is it called like Intro to Filmmaking or no. something? <laughs> intro to If You Have Cancer. I don't know. It was it was kind of the boot camp class because you make six films in one semester, and you're just every week you're either in pre production, production or post production, and then you show a film every three weeks to your class. And it was it was probably my favorite class that we took because it was so intense. And then and then because of that, like. Some films were good. Some films were complete train wrecks. And the way it worked is you would show your film to the class and then you had to sit in front of the screen facing the class, which was seated in like a horseshoe while they all, you had to keep your mouth shut while they all discussed your movie. You couldn't defend yourself. And uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was, I mean, I don't know what your experience of that was, Dan, but I fucking love that. <laughs> you loved being on the receiving end of I, that? The whole thing was fun to me. Like, I just enjoyed the process of trying to figure out, I loved watching people's crazy movies. Uh, I loved watching their reaction when you didn't get it, you know, or whatever, <laughs> or or when you did. Like, it, the whole thing was just very stimulating. I feel like you would maybe like Landmark, the yoga cult that Renee was going to have to join if she continued oh. to work at Lululemon. Thank God. I've been Lululemon auditing. Escaped. I've been auditing <laughs> Landmark. I don't want to fully officially join. Okay. I don't know. What was your What was your thoughts on that class, Dan? Uh, looking back on that kind of stuff, um, I still is the same thought I had earlier, which is like I'm not sure that this is how this is supposed to be taught. In other words. <laughs> Hey, here's Super 8, a really limiting format. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can't have sound. Uh, you have about a week and a half or a week to make a film and then bring it in. That's that's all cool. And But really, you bring in something that you didn't have very much time to make, and it's a, it's a technology that even back then was outmoded. We should probably be looking for what people were able to achieve. But instead, the result was, so bring it in. Let's see what you do. It's probably going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> now, you can't speak. And the other 19 of us will treat it as if it's a very serious thing <laughs> and talk about all of its flaws. Like, that doesn't, there's that something that doesn't equal. Well, so, <laughs> your, your take on it is correct. Okay. Thank you. Which is that. I knew that, but. The, yeah. it basically, basically, it was effective only in one thing, and that is to either thicken your skin to criticism or weed you out. Like, the purpose of the class. The, the effective purpose of the class was had nothing to do with filmmaking. But do you feel that that's... I mean, that's like the beginning of Grey's Anatomy. Well, I think that that's a useful thing to start any art school with, which is like... Weeding out people. Yeah, learning to, to take criticism. you yeah. got to learn that Hurting you're, people. Well... It's important. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just cruelty, it's, uh, there it's is a, a good life lesson that. that you get <laughs> from that. But it's like, you know, you have to learn your shit doesn't stink. Or it does stink, rather. And, you know, a lot of kids come in... Well, mine doesn't stink, but yes. uh, I forgot my point. Something about shit. Um, and uh, so there's a, there there is important part of any art school, which is just breaking down your ego a little bit, so that you can 
learn and learn how to take criticism. However, this class had zero accompanying film lessons. <laughs> it's just I, 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 yeah. yeah, as Dan was talking about, I'm, I'm realizing I didn't learn anything about filmmaking that was actually useful in that class. I mean, except how to deal with frustration yeah. and, and limitations. But like, yeah, shooting on Super 8, which is, if, if nobody knows what that is, it's like a, it was obsolete at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was like a 1950s, 1960s home film, you know. Uh, it was like a really tiny format and it was, I think, 18 frames per second. So it was real slow and jumpy and jittery. And, and it broke easily, yeah. constantly splicing it. And you had to buy all this equipment at like yard sales because you couldn't you know, yeah. go anywhere to buy it. And You were supposed to bring in your own projector too. We always had equipment problems. Always. People would bring in like a projector and then it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. and then, Or some of them were so old that they would project in a kind of really milky way and the person would be like, well, no, this is supposed to be crisp. And it would be like, well, you're using something that's made in 1955. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And so. then you had to like have a, a, your music on a cassette tape or yeah. a CD yeah. oh, and God. then you'd sit there and you'd press play on the projector and on your thing. Oh, <laughs> and then boy. sometimes people would try to like do some sort of voice so, and it never would work or sing. <laughs> I, I think it was the disaster aspect of it that I loved. But <laughs> but that's only because it was fun and and. It, it was an enjoyable experience, not because it was actually uh, educational in any way. Did you guys live together in a dorm or in a house? Apartment. Apartment. And who else lived there? Anyone I've heard of? No, it's just the two of us. Uh, mm. yeah. I did not know it was an exclusive roommate arrangement <laughs> that involved watching mm-hmm. one of you sleep. What, do you? Did you often have more than one roommate? <sighs> yeah. Huh. I think well, I've only ever had more than one roommate. Really? But that's just me. Huh. Well, when I lived in the dorms, no. But when I lived in apartments, I had more than one roommate. Yeah, this is our senior year. So, okay. uh Yeah. Dan had a roommate who wanted his own place. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I'm thinking about him. What happened to him? <laughs> um, we'll talk offline. Um, he got his own place, so Dan needed a roommate. I needed a place, and we were already friends, so I moved in. There you go. Did you guys throw parties? We were so, honestly, Not that I remember. No, no it was. We were first of all, we were kind of on the further ends of off campus. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't really convenient. Um, Balls and also, out. yeah. <laughs> and also, I think by that point, everyone's focus was on like post what we're doing after college. So there wasn't a lot of like fun. Fun happening, right? Not a lot. That seems to be a theme in the stories that you're telling today. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know. I I had fun in two ninety. Yeah, Daniel defines fun as watching his roommate sleep. So there was yeah. a lot of fun. There we go. Yeah. So what was, was Daniel li- Dan? What was Daniel like back then? Uh, he was a, a rather intense fellow. <laughs> oh yeah, check out the garage. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a big get the, get out of here. You pass, 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 pass. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, all of those tones are familiar. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, uh, like he is now, but not as uh, really self-critical. Is that yeah. fair? Oh, anything's fair. Uh, really self-critical. Um, I think yeah. the quickest way to put it, you were talking about needing to be able to um, be critical, but also to be creative. Yeah. Like uh, highly developed critical muscles yeah. that probably often um, were, would 
crush what were well-developed creative muscles, but the critical muscle was stronger. Yeah. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I was <clears throat> driving at before. Yeah. Like wondering if the, having a firm set of rules could be a burden. Uh, Maybe that's... I think I separate my mind rules from criticism a little bit. I see rules as just sort of fundamental, like, oh, this this right. is the language of the medium. But, um, but yeah, the judgment thing, whether it's good, yeah, yeah. you know, that... That uh, crippled me, honestly, until I was in my 30s. I mean, that just... I The, the only way I was ever able to start being productive in any way uh, creatively was when I started to understand uh, ego and the role of ego in the creative process. And then I started to understand how important it is to uh, let go of ego and, and what that meant. Right. And that was when I was able to start actually being creative because otherwise it was just so he was intense he was self-critical yeah what else cool as fuck (laughs) obviously yeah um intense self-critical um oh super super um i don't know how to put this good with the ladies (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't going there (laughs) yeah you can self-report on that um He was very, uh, I don't, this word is dangerous, but hip. For instance, the person that uh, introduced me to... Uh, cowboy dance, shirts? Uh, cowboy shirts. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no. Stuff like um, Dan Klaus. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You knew about graphic novelists. You knew about um, uh, Neil Gaiman. You knew about... Uh, he was he was very in touch. And I was, I was from Colorado and had grown up kind of like there was classic rock on in the background and I would shoot baskets in the driveway. <laughs> and so to meet someone who was like, uh, you've never heard of this. Have you ever heard of this? Have you heard of this? And everything that he would bring in was like, oh, this is good. This is good. So he was, um, he was already kind of in touch with, I think, we, what your aesthetics were. I don't think I even really knew what my aesthetics were. Hmm. I think that it's good not to think about it. Like I, I, because when I think about you, um, I, it's like I think, well, it's hard to describe this, but it's like what you might think of as just uh, you know, I don't know what my aesthetics are is a very defined thing to me. It's weird. I think when you're in your own head and you're in your own life, it's hard to to know what you are to someone else or to to be able to define uh, your interests or your or I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's a whole job called brand strategist just for this. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like when I think of you, I think Steely Dan box set. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think this this podcast is going to ruin me. (laughs) I think now here's a guy who is confident enough. (laughs) <laughs> secure enough in his own is that how you th- your thoughts start with here's a guy <laughs> every time I think of you Dan it's like here's a guy it's always in that weird third person sort yeah. of god voice yeah. and I go here's this guy <laughs> and he loves Steely Dan how is that possible and then I would be like just mulling over it for years and then one day I will hear a Steely Dan song I'll be like he didn't care what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But he was right. That is a good song. Uh, yeah. I'll be super fast. Where in Colorado are you from? Uh, Loveland, which is about an hour north Look of Denver. I'm Colorado Springs. Oh, They're nice. Cooler. Nice. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does Dan know this restaurant that we oh, talked yeah, about? Oh, you know Casa Bonita. Bonita. Oh, everybody knows. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows Casa Bonita. Well, we now I know about, about it. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never been there, but now I know about it. In my, in my imagination, it smells like chlorine yes. and... Uh, 
and Greece, but yeah. apparently not. Pretty spot well, on, right? Which, a if you actually mildewy. experience it, it's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. The divers are going to be clean, <laughs> and, the, and the food is going to be good. Yeah, all right. I want to go there. I mean, if you uh, have you, you've already talked about this before. I mean, that's okay. If you describe the place, if you're you're like, well, it's a Mexican restaurant, but there are cliff divers, and it's all inside. And it's inside. And <laughs> you can go through Black Bart's Cave and wander around through there. There's puppet shows. There's also an arcade. Like it sounds like you're describing something that's nonsense, but it's a real thing. I didn't know there were puppet shows and an arcade. Puppet shows. Puppet shows. Black Bart's Cave. I needed you, Dan. I yes. did a terrible job. I was like, there's sopapillas. Oh, there's sopapillas. a yeah. cliff diver. It, the very end, I said it was all inside. And at and do at, they have know, a hotel? nearby that like a what's it called Casa, uh, Casa. Casa Bonita hotel that you can stay at and then they should they yeah. weren't that forward thinking I think it was uh, started in the 70s so they didn't realize that you're supposed to create entire things and, uh, yeah. and experience yeah. an empire they thought it was just a restaurant that got uh, out of hand <laughs> and do you get <laughs> splashed point, you got... yeah you can if you sit close enough yeah. in the splash zone yeah and I every, every one, of our, yeah. one of our listeners worked there yes and, yeah and reached out that's very cool. I know. Did we get it right according to them? Yeah. I think we got something wrong regarding oh. the soap appeal. No, that was a. Uh, oh, the was this, are these two listeners? Because there was someone, someone from you MIT. Someone said soapé, not soaps. Yeah, but also soapapias, and we had something wrong regarding soapapias or soap soapés or soaps or something. I don't know, because like one is savory and one is sweet, right? I think oh. we misunderstood that soaps is not short for soapapia. They're okay. completely separate. Gotcha. Things, I think. No, oh my gosh. No, people in Denver, Colorado that go to Casa Bonita don't worry about pronunciation. <laughs> they don't. They no, don't this pay is too not much a topic to that this. has ever come up. <laughs> right. No. That is the sense I get. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Speaking of all this food, sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard, especially when you don't know how to handle the thoughts, triggers, and other obstacles that can sabotage your process. The following thing I'm going to say is actually very true and very depressing. Most people who lose weight gain it all back. Why? Because most weight loss plans just tell you what to do while you're on the plan, not after. Gym memberships, personal trainers, and nutritionists are very expensive. I want to tell you about Noom and how they can help you on your weight loss journey. Noom is a um, this really great app that helps you with weight loss. Um, you have there. It, it's really interactive. And you have like a goal specialist and then you have a community of people. And I don't, there's some like super elegant way that they figure out who to put you with and like they group you together. I think there's a quiz you take at the beginning um, and you kind of indicate how much, like what are the things that motivate you? What do you find helpful? How much interaction? I don't think you specifically specifically say how much interaction you want but that is something that gets sort of indicated at the beginning um and then they group you with people and it's you you have this whole helpful community right in the palm of your hand and i've done like every single weight loss thing um and i have found that when you are interacting with people and when you have a community it really helps you stay on track and also i i don't think this is just me but I will say my personal thing is that I have found, especially when I had like bigger amounts of weight to lose, as the weight starts coming off, all these crazy feelings start coming up and like weird insecurities and because weight can be like a protective, okay, now I'm just completely off in my own world talking about this, but but weight can be like a buffer and a protective barrier. And so you can feel vulnerable and like you don't know how to deal with this new body and stuff like that. And talking to people helps a ton 
Um, but but that's not exclusively or even at all what what Noom is for, although that is something you could talk to them about. But also just checking in with people, you know, I feel like I'm struggling today or I'm doing this or whatever. Like, you know, what have you done that's been helpful, et cetera. It's just, it's great. Um, Noom doesn't say you can't have certain foods. It just teaches you about moderation. Um, it like, teaches you about different tools and there's no shaming, just tips to get back on track tomorrow if you do go overboard. Uh, so what do you have to lose? Sign up today and start your trial at Noom.com slash Allison. Start your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Allison and start losing weight for good. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Allison to start your trial and start seeing life-changing results today. Okay. I was just thinking it has a dial to indicate how much uh, interaction you want. It'd be good to have that in life. It doesn't actually have a dial. Or like a like a <laughs> But like there a, should be something like that. Like yeah. One of those bars that you can go up or down with. Mm-hmm. So if someone's like taught you can just like look at them and just yeah. on your app just go dial it down. <laughs> uh, start to back up. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. So how Bring was everyone's Thanksgiving? It was good. I just had a friend's giving. Um, I watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, of course. It was so cold for those kiddos this year. It was like twenty six degrees. Uh, but oh boy, did they bring it on home. Uh, so that was fun. And then... What was your favorite balloon? Oh, I, I didn't watch the balloons. Oh. I just watched... The, they do Broadway at the beginning. Uh, and it's... Yeah. Dan doesn't know that Renee is a former Broadway oh, yeah. star. Do you... We're, uh, sure. I like I like musicals. I, I think that's great. Okay, still be my friend. Thank oh, you. Oh, totally. Uh, but they have... My friend... Actually, my friend from Colorado mm-hmm. uh, I went to high school with him is in a new show called The Prom. Uh, oh, it, I've heard of this. Oh, it's so good. And the performance was so good. It was the first girl and girl kiss on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Ooh. and they did such a good job. Oh, I saw oh, that. Yeah. We, that, yeah. Was, that was quite yeah. a news story. It was like freaking out over it. It gave you goosebumps. They did. So, I'm, am I going to cry right now? What's going on? <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it was really good. But yeah. people were like, I, I wasn't ready for this. Oh, My sure. child yeah. is scarred. It's like, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Off. You're okay. The dancing was fantastic. The performance was great. You're fine. Uh, and then Mean Girls did a new number that they usually don't do. So it was great. It's just, you know, young performers like not giving a shit that it's freezing outside mm-hmm. is, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. It was fun. Inspiring. Yeah. Is Mean Girls supposed to be good? Uh, according to me, it is. According to everyone else, no. But really? have I like you heard? It? Uh, Doug Benson has been tweeting about the show that goes wrong. Oh yeah, what is what's what goes on with that? It's a play. I mean, I haven't seen it, uh, but I guess it's uh, akin to Noises Off. Yeah, where it's just a, a bunch of goofs happen. But it's coming to the Amundsen, so we can mm. oh, we, we can all go it check it. We should go see it. Yeah. Field trip. <laughs> we'll leave Jeff at home because he it. hates Get musicals. Get the Allison Rose and Bus. <laughs> but it's a play, so he may like oh. that one. Okay. Maybe. Can we get you to a play? Yeah. Okay. No, I've been to no musicals. <laughs> I just don't love them. That's fair. Yes. Inherently. There are musicals that I do love. I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, I love that one. Cry Baby is an awesome Have movie. Have you seen yes. one of my favorite Agreed. movies? Have Hair you seen Spray? Book of Mormon? No, I haven't seen that. Heard I think you'd like that. you like that, that one. Uh, I saw Come From Away last night, the night before. Have you guys heard about that one? No. Yeah. It's uh, it's the musical about 9-11. Mm. Uh, oh. uh-huh. So it's a comedy. Yeah, of course. But it's, uh, I guess, a bunch of planes uh, because uh, you couldn't fly in America. So all the planes that were coming into America had to be rerouted to uh, Newfoundland. And it's about the five days. Uh, there was this town of 9,000 people. That's all that was in there. And then seven more thousand people. Uh, came in and so just like the the town took them in and people were staying in people's homes and oh, wow. it's uh the musical's fine but the story i was like well i didn't know anything about that so it was cool interesting so anyway thanksgiving 
<laughs> no. Yeah. Did they fun. like run out of stuff at the sundry shop? They no. They or at least they didn't report it in the show. Did but, they? Yeah. Were they reduced to cannibalism? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It gets dark. Uh, no. I think Canadian mind. sundry shops are always prepared to host. You it's know, true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, anything could happen, and this time they were right. Yeah. They were like, hey, exactly. Yeah, we got All it. right. We knew we it. Got this it. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Deweese, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was it was great. Um, Thanksgiving is actually one day of the year where my wife and I have a house in which the kids are not there. We have a blended family. Mm. So between us, we have three teenagers. There's usually always one, two, or three teenagers stomping around the house. On Thanksgiving, they go to their other parents, and so we have a window of time in which we can watch a movie without anybody walking through and saying, what, what's that? <laughs> you, can, you can actually um, relax, eat together. And then late later in the day, it ends. <laughs> the children return, and it's time to be a family again. <laughs> um, so we have a kind of reverse Thanksgiving where... <laughs> what did you watch? Uh, what movie did we watch this year? Huh. You'd think I would remember, but... Um, you just oh, think... you know what we watched? A ghost story. Have you seen that? Heard about it? No. no. What is that? Um, I don't think I have. It's a, it's a movie with Casey Affleck, and um, I'm forgetting the actress's name. Um, but it's about a couple and, um, one of them passes away and becomes a ghost. And then you just watch as time passes and this ghost is in this house and no one sees the ghost. This isn't a movie in which there are hijinks or a person has a special power. So like it's a just, potter's wheel or anything? The ghost is just, no, there's no potter's wheel. They didn't go that route. And they I was didn't, like, come huh? on, you know how to do this. <laughs> All right. Is so um, Goldberg in it? No, you watch, uh, you just watch a ghost that's trapped in a house as, is it- as years pass. Yeah. How was it? Um, it's right on the edge of wait, is this working? And am I am I moved by this? And there are moments where you're like, wait, is this is this the silliest thing that's ever? <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like they pulled it off. I thought it, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hmm, cool. I ha- yeah. You need to that's see this, Daniel, since you've been obsessed with ghosts lately. Ooh. I give a lot of thought to things like that <laughs> about if you were if you do become a ghost, how boring. Oh, that you'd must love, be. You'd love this. The ghost, is, <laughs> the ghost gets super frustrated, but nobody can see that the ghost is. Is, is like, it Casey Affleck? Yeah, yeah. Huh. But the ghost in this movie, they just go ahead and here's the ghost. It's a sheet with two holes for the eyes, and that's it. They don't do anything other than that. There's nothing special that happens. It's just a sheet with two holes for eyes <laughs> is trapped in a house, and years pass. And here's the thing: it's not a comedy. It's you watch it and you're like, this is. This Wait, is are a you rough joking? Gig. It's really a sheet with yep. two holes. You watch it and you're like, this is a rough gig. Yeah. Well, is wow. is it Casey Affleck in the sheet? Do you well, think? Well, I don't know. I mean, how much of a method actor to. was he? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I would assume that someone like Casey Affleck would be like, it has to be me. You know but what happened? I don't know. Mm. You know what happened? They cast Casey Affleck, and then he had another movie that conflicted, and they're like, how do we get around this? We can't. You know what? It's called a life story. He has to be here. No, no I think I can solve sheet. it. Let's <laughs> throw a sheet over his head that we can have, uh, you know, the key grip or anybody stand in. Cool. Daniel, how was your Thanksgiving? <sighs> Oh, it was good. I was like, what did we do? Oh, we went to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, we arrived on Thanksgiving. We Yeah, we flew on Thanksgiving. It was mixed because flying with a toddler, uh, as you said... Um, Takes years off your life? Does, would not recommend. Oh, yeah. Is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, uh, yeah, Elliot has just entered um, the phase of life where, A, he doesn't want to sit still, and B, he has... Uh, discovered tantrums. He ha- he hadn't flown before. Is no, that? no, this is his, this right. is his first flight. Yeah. And so it was like 
he didn't want to be in the seat. He it was he wanted to be anywhere but where we wanted him. And he wanted other people's earbuds, even though we were offering him earbuds. Yeah, although he wouldn't nap. The- he was feeling everything everyone on the plane feels, but doesn't act on. Right? Yes. I don't want to yeah. be in a seat. That yes. person has a better computer. Like he yeah. wanted to be, he <laughs> wanted to be in first class. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Although I thought it was cute on the way home, he had earbuds, my earbuds, and he had the headphones that they they give on the plane, and he would take one and plug it into the outlet on the seat arm. And push it in and go, yay! <laughs> and then he'd take the other one and plug it into the other arm and go, yay! <laughs> and he did this. This occupied him for like half an hour. He's not that bright, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and or he was learning like no and yes. So so yeah. there was uh, there's like a headphone jack, a USB port, and then some other like audio visual jack thing. And he would take it and he would put it in the first one. And go. No, and then the, the USB <laughs> goes no, and then the, the third way goes yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was the that was the good part. It's real cute. Yeah, the rest of it was oh, hell on earth. And I'm never. I've decided we're not doing another plane trip until, until the kids are they're old older enough. and they pass. Like I'm gonna lock them in a closet for four <laughs> hours and see how they do. And if it's like works out, we're going. We're if not. Great. But also, we're interested in car trips. Flight five hours. That's a long time. Six there, and then four and something. Six, and then like the internet doesn't work over the ocean, so you can't like pull out the YouTube to pacify them. Right. Which you know they didn't used to do, so I shouldn't complain. But uh, it's a nice trick. And your bag of tricks can use it. I really don't know how people do this without feeling traumatized by the experience i think that when the kids are younger maybe it's a little easier actually yeah because when when they're because elliot's mobile but doesn't understand even up until like two months ago it would have been fine yeah it's literally we just hit that sweet spot i think where it's not good but at one point i was like you know a lot of this stress i'm feeling is self-imposed because he's not really he's not really misbehaving and yet i feel like oh my god like i feel like i'm so on edge i think it's because i'm so concerned with not making a scene and not imposing on other people that i felt like we were in this like high stakes situation but the truth is he really wasn't he didn't he only threw one one or two tantrums on the plane that were fairly short-lived yeah i guess i mean i think that was a weird thing like about I don't even want to put a percentage to it, but there were definitely a fair amount of people who were really great right. on the plane and they were super nice and loved seeing him. And they were like, Oh, you know, and they understood, but there were a lot of people who were shooting dirty looks mm-hmm. and fuck you. Those people, if you're listening right now, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Assholes. Fuckers. <laughs> I don't think I noticed a lot of dirty looks. Uh, yeah. I, and I it's also like, wasn't looking. Though. It's like, I know you want to have a peaceful trip with no disruptions. Fuck you. <laughs> like get a private jet or fly first class. Like this is the roommate I remember. <laughs> I don't know, a lot of anger issues back then. Uh, I don't know. I, I look. I've been on the other side of things where I didn't have a kid, and honestly, it's not that disruptive. I mean, it's not like he was screaming his head off in your ear. He would bump into you or I would bump into you as I'm trying to get him to go on a nap. Like, we're all having to deal with this situation together. Now, 
granted, part of the problem is that American Airlines, and I, I'm assuming they're all doing this, but I know Amer- fucking American Airlines has decided uh, two classes of travel were not enough. They used to have regular and first class. And then they expanded it to regular business class and first class, right? But now they have regular business class, first class, and ex- like no room class. Like, <laughs> like, so there's now like an extra poor person shitty class where they've cut down. I can't even cross my, you can't move. You're literally like your nose is pressed up against the seat in front yeah. of you. It's what the ocean liners used to call steerage. Steerage. <laughs> yeah. Steerage or cargo. Yeah, steerage. And um, that makes you crazy. So I will give people a little bit of like everyone's fucking miserable back there anyway. Yeah, flying has become so miserable. Anyway. Yeah, so. it's it's squishy without anything. Right. Yeah. But, I they, can but they call that regular class. And the other one extra room class. It's like, nah, nah. Mm-mm. That's not extra room. Mm-hmm. This is normal room. That's <laughs> less room. Yeah. Don't give me that shit. <laughs> and they also wouldn't let us board early with a little kid. So I tweeted them and then they're like, the, you, you, like we love our flying families. I'm like, like hell you do. Yeah, <laughs> you show it. But maybe, they're please. like, we love you, our flying families. Um, Careful if- with the word we. <laughs> not all of you are on the same page. <laughs> well, the ones online are more charitable and they're like, um, if you ask for extra time and you, if you're flying with a child under two, they should let you board early. So I armed with that, that on the way home when they're like, oh, no, you have to board with your class. I'm like, I right. spoke with American and they said and then they let, let us board early. But okay. they also we were pre-check on the way back, which we didn't know until we went to board. And I feel like that might have been there. I don't know if oh, they you think that people at corporate gave us pre-check. Well, how else do they decide that you're pre-checked? I thought maybe I have it was no a, the woman at the gate or a woman at the ticketing. No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Well, my, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm giving a lot of credit to like the person who runs their social media account, <laughs> but I thought maybe that was like a little bone they threw our way because we had gotten sc- screwed over the first time. I don't know, but so the flights were um, awful, and when we were when we landed, I was like. This is not worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do this again. <laughs> but then we had a wonderful time in Hawaii. We stayed at the Grand Hyatt Kauai, which is on the south side of Kauai. Um, and it was like idyllic and wonderful and beautiful. And then we flew home and that just rubbed out all the good. <laughs> not really. Not really. I w- it, was, it was really nice to have a vacation and it was yeah. really pretty. Um, we drove around. We saw the north side of the island too. And um, Renee, you were saying that you have been to Kauai. Yes, I love it. It's yeah. so pretty. Where did you go? We were, I think we were on the south side. Because where's the part where you have to drive? That's the north side? Yeah. Yes. So we Well, were, yeah, the airport is closer to the south side. Yes. The south side is sunnier. The north side is like more dramatic Jurassic Park. Yes. And where's Puka Dog? That's on the south That's side. That's on the right? south side. Yeah. yeah. So I was on the south side. What did you guys think of Puka Dog? I liked it. Or I um, guess saucy, real saucy. Yeah. Have you, Dan, <laughs> have you? Yeah. So do you guys want to describe? When we said that we were going to Kauai, a bunch of people commented on Instagram, oh, you have to go to Puka Dog. I miss Puka Dog. So Puka Dog is this like restaurant. It's more of like an outside stand. It's like in a, it's in a food court sort of shopping right. complex area. And they have hot dogs with, they're like special tropical hot dogs. So it's just like a regular Polish sausage or you can get a veggie dog. But the, the bread they bake there, it's like a Hawaiian bread. The dog goes in the... It's a hole in the bread. It's yeah. not a, a, a bun. You know, folded bun. Right. And so your then hot dogs completely they have 
special sauces that are like pineapple or mango. They also have a garlic sauce that goes on it. So there's a couple sauces. I feel like there's a bunch of butter in there too. Because I was sort of like ripping off little pieces for Elliot. So I ended up sort of... um, Seeing the how the magic yeah, happens. Yeah, I saw the guts of the puka dog, <laughs> and there was either it was either mayonnaise or butter. Like there was a lot of some the something in there. I think that's the garlic sauce. Oh, it ha- it's like okay, a creamy. That would make it's sense. like a creamy, yeah. buttery yeah. sauce. So you guys went with garlic. Uh, well, sauce. you that goes with that is like the sauce you choose that goes with everything, and you choose that's mild spiciness is what you choose. Yeah, on. all right, that one goes with everything, and then we got three of them for for all of us and it was we got a pineapple a mango and a papaya mm-hmm. yeah and then they had like a passion fruit mustard that was pretty good too mm-hmm. um yeah i allison didn't like it as much as i liked it right i didn't mind it but i'm it's not definitely like, saucy it go gets back. everywhere it's yeah. saucy yeah. but i think Elliot the, liked it the dog the hot dog itself had a good flavor to it too so the whole thing i thought was pretty good combination of sweet and spicy and then uh savory yeah it's anthony bourdain sanctioned i feel like they had a picture of him they did on the cart yeah um yeah it can't be that bad then i did yeah i remember it also being very saucy and it was all over the place but it was great flavor did you get do you know i think we went with mango but in its not defense is uh that was the point in time where i was doing crossfit and crossfit had this weird thing where like you had to do a workout but you had to go to a crossfit gym to like register that you did the workout that or day. Or else huh. what happens? Oh, then you're you. out of the contest. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was but it was cool because they have this amazing outdoor like on the beach CrossFit gym. Uh-huh, so, cool. uh, but I went to Puka Dog after that so anything would have tasted. Sure. Great. <laughs> Starving. Where did you stay when you went? Great. <laughs> we went in when did we go? We went in March and Hank had found a Groupon for 90% off. Hank is Renee's dad. Hank's my dad. He loves a deal. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the, the, we're going to take the whole family. It's going to be great. Uh, and we were so excited. We are like, this is so nice, so generous. But then we found out it's 90% off because it's hurricane season also in Hawaii in March, all rain season. Oh. So we stayed somewhere 90% off uh, where it rains the entire time you're there. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were lucky. It only rained... Like a tiny bit on okay. a couple yeah. days. Yeah. It rained the entire time we were there. Which yeah. is still, once you like lean into it, you're fine. Right. Yeah. It's still really pretty. Yeah. I mean, of all the islands to be on where it's raining, that's probably the best. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's the most beautiful and the beaches aren't as good. Right. Uh, yeah. They're a little rocky. That's true. Yeah. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is supported by Zola, who is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples lives even happier. When you think about wedding planning, Daniel, don't you think that was the happiest moment of our lives? (laughs) I sometimes just, that's my place of peace that I go to. Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register. Join 500,000 couples who've used Zola. Zola takes the stress out of wedding. Stress? What stress? I don't recall stress. The stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations and easy to use planning tools. Start with a free wedding website. It's so easy and takes just minutes to set up. Add photos, stories about how you two met, travel and accommodations info and more. Then build your dream registry. The Zola store has a wide has the widest selection of gifts um, at all these different price points. You can also create a funds for your honeymoon, future home, new puppy, anything you want. They also have the best completion discount, 20% off remaining gifts on your registry starting right after your big day. Um, when Daniel and I started wedding planning, I was like, I don't... It, 
I don't get why people say this is so stressful. It's really not that stressful. And then by the end, I was like, this, I never, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I never want to do this again. So all of that is to say anything that makes the process simpler, you should avail yourself of. And I recommend Zola. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash BFF. That's Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash BFF for $50 off your registry. Okay, you guys, I think we have time to do either Just Me or Everyone or Topic Sombrero. Which should we do? Let's let Dan decide. Dan... I don't know what I'm being asked to okay. say. <laughs> just me or everyone is a segment we do where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Uh, Often like mm, idiosyncratic sure. type things. Yeah. Topic Sombrero is a segment that we've recently brought back from the dead Ooh. where people send in topics they would like us to discuss mm-hmm. and we pull one out of a sombrero. However, this time we're pulling it out of a Mrs. Claus mug. There are jingles to introduce both. Which would you rather do? Well, you already have the Mrs. Claus mug, so I think we should do that. Okay. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's begin. It's the topic. Okay, so these topics were sent in before the segment went away and got brought back. So these are vintage topics. Um, You guys send in more so we can replenish the Mrs. Claus mug. Dan, I'm going to let you pull a topic out. The topics are pretty earnest. That's okay. Do I get to read it as well? Yes, you do. All right. Oh, how to combat fear of rejection. Ooh. Oh, boy. That heavy one. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of rejection do you think that they had in mind? I am, I mean. I suspect relationship. Yeah. Something that a therapist said to me, which at the time didn't make any sense, but as I've gotten older, it makes more and more sense, is that if someone rejects you, it is not about you. It's about them. And at the time, I was like, that's very much about me. <laughs> I'm the one who got rejected. So I don't see how this is not about me. But the older I get, the more I realize that it really is. It's not a statement of your fitness to be loved or your fitness to be in a relationship or whether you're a good person or not, because someone can be the best person ever and they just don't click with someone else and they are, or, and, but you could be the best person ever, but maybe the person that you're with is seeking, they don't, that's not what they want to be with. They yeah, want to be with someone who's going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or what I was, and I was going to say they like they're seeking out someone who's going to hurt them or something, but mm-hmm. even, you don't even have to pathologize it. You can have two great people who are great, but romantically it doesn't work. And that is not on either of them. It's just like, I I do feel like this stuff is out of our control. I feel like the work you can do is working on yourself, try to make sure that you're not like acting out stuff or carrying baggage around or what, you know, what have you be the best you, you can be. And then, you know, try to make healthy decisions and then just hope for the best. (laughs) Okay. That's good. Uh, on the off chance it wasn't for rejection, it was for like career yeah. stuff of why, well, like not hard. to submit mm-hmm. your script or whatever. I think 
this doesn't it doesn't help but to like lay in the fact of like you will not get anywhere without rejection it's part of the recipe so you can wait and do it later or you can get it over now but either way you're not gonna circumvent having it happen so just like accepting it's gonna happen helps sort of for me i was thinking about the whole pitching process and the pilot process and all of that yeah and i was thinking i wonder what percentage of pilots get turned into shows Oh, very, very. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be in the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dan, you've experienced a lot of rejection. How is it? <laughs> how have you been able to? Well, you know, the one thing that I thought, you know, combating fear of rejection, combating is something that it's a word that we use all the time with this kind of stuff. Do you think combating any feeling works? No. no There's a, a part of me that just feels like, well, you know, I don't know. I've just, we were thinking, we were talking about creative things earlier right. as well as relationships. Um, I don't know. I think actors say just, you know, there's a way in which it's the desire to combat it that causes more stress than what if you just inhabited it and, and accepted it and even allowed others to know like, Oh, I'm afraid that I'm, that this isn't going to work out. That's an okay thing to feel. Right. I'm not sure that some, sometimes these questions, is it the rejection or is it, are you trying to combat the fear that my, the fear that my fear is going to overwhelm me and Sometimes the overwhelming comes from just this need to, I wish I didn't feel this. Whereas if you said, you know what, this is something I'm feeling and there's a reason I'm feeling it and I'm going to feel it. Right. And there's a way in which that reduces the. That's really, yeah. And on top of that, adding on to that, I would say this is a thing that I genuinely learned at AFI was, was that the fear of the pain that comes from your fear and anxiety of rejection is always worse than the pain that you experience getting rejected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So hearing no, it's not fun. Nobody likes it. But the consternation over whether or not you're going to hear no and blah, 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 that's always way worse. So just cut to the chase. Yeah. Get it over with and you move on. And you you always feel better when you just kind of go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think those are all really good points. I think... Um, Maybe the real question, just sort of piggybacking off of Dan's, isn't how do you combat the fear? Or should it shouldn't be how do I not have fear? It's how do I make sure that fear doesn't stop me? How do I yeah, you're right. how do I how do I uh, incorporate fear so that it doesn't trip me? Right. And um, the one thing I can say works. Um, definitely is just to do it a lot and get rejected a lot because the more you get rejected, the more you realize it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Right. And it, it stings and then it goes away and you see that a lot. You start to see, Oh, well that was, that was not fun. I didn't enjoy that. But two days later I was better. Totally. And, and what Allison was saying about, it's not about you. You start to realize that that applies even to the professional stuff too. Mm -hmm, It's like, you know, it's funny with acting when you're, when you're casting something, you'll see a really great actor, but you know, you're looking for someone who just has a different energy or different look. And you think, well, that person's going to feel rejected because they didn't get the role, but it really is not in any way a reflection on whether or not they're good. It's the, you know, you're looking for something more superficial or whatever, it, it, a person can't get a sense of you uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, just do it a lot. Yeah. If you, it, just sub- put yourself out in the world as much as possible. Deal with fear. I like that notion of fear is just that annoying friend that has to come along. And it's like, yeah. oh, I don't know who that invited him. Fear but is like your Dan yeah. Deweese. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's going to say some things that's ignore most gonna of them. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We can still have a good time while he's here. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But I think that's kind of why why I was bringing up the pilot stuff and that thought I had is because when I've been, done the pitching thing a couple times now, um, and I did take it all very personally the first time. And even I took it a bit, you know, a bit personally the second time. And then who was I talking? It might've been on the Mark Normand episode, which comes out, which will, will be out by the time you hear this. Um, he's like pitched nine shows. Was it, do you remember Jeff, if it was Norman or if it was, it, um, he had pitched a lot. I don't or remember. Ben Hoffman. I can't remember, but I was talking to someone who I think had sold a show or I forget, but just the, the nine times of it all that right. I was like, Oh my God, I feel like doing it twice broke me. And, but, but if you are the kind of person who feels like doing it twice breaks you, you're not going to get a show on the air because right. you need to, because the process involves doing it nine, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, nine times. And like, that's just like what you were saying, Renee, like hearing no is part of it. And so then that's when I was thinking about the math of this. It's like most pilots aren't going to get on the air. And, a lot of them were good enough probably to get on the air. It's just that is that is the process. The process is hearing no and then eventually you hear yes. Right. Yeah, and, and that's like don't put everything on the one thing. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, someone you have a crush on or w- whether it's a creative project that you fall in love with. And it's hard, right? Because if you fall for something, you fall for it. And it's sometimes hard to, you know, do anything about that. But um, if you just have an attitude of, abundance or whatever like i'm just you know i'm gonna do this thing and then i'll do another thing and then i'll do yeah and it's the nine projects for one that goes that's pretty good ratio actually right and if you honestly think that doing it twice broke you you can also look at that and say this might not be for me right yeah right and that's okay you know, I did. I didn't enjoy this process enough to repeat it seven more times. Yeah, there's not that much in it for me. Maybe I should do something else. Right. That's kind of where I landed. Of like, I this is this is giving me a lot to think about. <laughs> I need to. I need to. Uh, I need to go think about what it is that I truly want. But it also could just be not for you right now. Right. That's Life sort of where I was. Long. Yeah. I think so. it's like for what it made me realize is I need to believe in the project so much that it's worth. That that gauntlet, right? Yeah, um, it needs to not just be a like, okay, cool, whatever, yeah, let's do it kind of thing. It needs to not be a cat. It's so casual. Yeah, and and when it comes to like something creative, I mean, fall in love with the process. I mean, that sounds cliche, but is if you fall in love with the process, then it'll be easier to deal with uh, rejection or something not happening at the end because at least you have that. You know, it's the one that, thing. That's true for relationships too, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't find totally the, find the right relationship the first time. Yeah, you have to you have to be interested in other people and realize that not every relationship is going to work. But I'm right. interested in people, and this is a process, and and it will hurt when relationships end. But this, uh, I enjoy um, meeting people and having stages of my life, and eventually I'll find the right thing. You know, according to Daniel's uh, screenwriting professor, you are supposed to meet the first person that you meet. You're supposed to marry, yeah, right, and that's it. <laughs> Otherwise, and, and, don't and, yeah. date. And don't if you, yeah. if you <laughs> right. break up with the first person you date, 
you're over. And then a crucial question is, does, that, does this person have the flu or does this person have <laughs> yeah. cancer? Mm. Honey, <laughs> sit down. We have cancer. What? Well, figuratively, we have cancer. The relationship has cancer. But also, I actually have cancer. Imagine um, if we all settled down with the first person we liked. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh. <laughs> um, no, you're right though, Dan. And it's and if you think about it, every relationship ends badly anyway. So why focus on I've always thought that was a funny thing to to think of a relationship as having a goal anyway. You know? Cause what is that goal? Like marriage, but then what's the goal? Like it, Wait, are you you're saying like ends badly, meaning even if it goes either if ends it, or someone dies. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's why you have to hope you're the first one to die, that <laughs> it doesn't end badly. For you, as far as you. you know. Well, on that upbeat note, <laughs> I would like to thank everyone for being on the show. This was delightful. We already did the plug. We did some of the plugs at the beginning. Let's so, do the second round of plugs. Yeah. <laughs> New plugs. If you like what you're hearing, Subscribe. Leave us a um, a nice comment and a review that helps out the show. Also, check out Childish Podcast. Um, I have a book out, Tropical Attire and Courage, and other phrases that scare me. Go to AllisonRosen.com. It'll get you everything you need. Renee, do you have anything else that you would uh, like to I mention? just have a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? And uh, Dan DeWeese. I have DanDeWeese.com. I didn't mention that earlier. You didn't? Oh, it's not, it's not even .com. That's why I didn't mention it. It's too shameful. It's DanDeWeese.net. That's <laughs> who's okay. Got, who's got .com? Yeah. Um, a guy who is a musician. Fuck that guy. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. He seems nice. I don't know. We don't it, know. And we it's D E W E E S E, right? Because yes. I feel like someone might be like, but how do I spell it? Also, propeller.com. Propellermag.com. Or propellerbooks.com. Yeah. Yeah. Dan has his own publishing entity, too, where he publishes books. And if they want to read Gilgood, where should they go to get that? Propellerbooks.com. Okay. Um, and I'll just say, uh, pick up Dan's book. Dan's an excellent writer and someone I've written with. We wrote a screenplay together we back did. in the day. Back and, um, I was sad that that partnership ended cause he's a very, uh, great writer. Well, so I'm sitting right here. I mean, uh, I've moved on. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I accept but. that. <laughs> it's part of our process. <laughs> Jeff. I would also say to buy Dan Deweese's book. <laughs> oh. That's all. But also, By you're Allison's curating book? a very oh. wonderful Instagram feed, apparently. Well, I'm dumping a lot of crap off my phone. I'm doing that for sure. <laughs> we'll see where, where it ends up. There's a picture of a family in front of a car. Is that you? No. Oh, I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> Actually, it kind of was. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. Everyone, thank you for being on the show. Thanks I love you. Goodbye. Me. Hey, do you know? Show.